0: Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly true stories by Rick Hall.
1: Well, happy 4th of July.
0: It's very exciting. We hope you're having a good Fourth of July. However, that may be in a sheltering and sort of way it wherever you are.
1: Certainly, is different than we have done before. Huh? Yes. Uh, you know, I was thinking about when I was a kid. Every year, we'd go to the Whitehall Parade and watch watch everybody go into the park where the fireworks would be, and they had a carnival there. And one of my favorite things was the pork chop sandwich that the Lions Club served. And, it, you know, it's on white bread and it's not good for you. It's so delicious, though. <laughs> and then you'd eat all this food and cotton candy and stuff. And then you'd ride the rides and get sick. That but, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, because <laughs> 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 I'm not the guy that has to clean up the tilt-a-whirl. <laughs> but the fireworks were, uh, I remember the fireworks were one firework at a time. I had never seen, you know, it's a small town. So they'd light a fireworks and it would. And then you'd wait for them to light another one. And the first time I saw fireworks, that were like, I was like, this is insane. It was great. (laughs) One time when we were uh, teenagers,
0: we snuck into the fairgrounds where they lit off the fireworks. Yeah,
1: you bad kids. And um,
0: because we thought it'd be really cool to be so close, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Until we... Realized that the guys lighting the fireworks are wearing fireproof suits and we're wearing like shorts and flip flops. (laughs) Perhaps it wasn't such a great idea to be
1: that close. I'm lucky to be standing in the (laughs) studio with you right now, honey. Actually, okay, one time we were sitting where we could see the fireworks getting lit, and I was more fascinated with that than actually watching the fireworks. And at one point, one of the fireworks blew up on the ground, which I thought was so cool. And of course, all our all the guys who were doing the fireworks there did not have fireproof suits on. They're just, you know, farmers in their in their work clothes and they're lighting them with the torches was- because
0: <laughs> they were done
1: chasing after the ogre with their torch <laughs> so they could
0: light the fireworks.
1: That's no
0: ha- very professional.
1: That's no one happens. Okay, that's right. So the story for this episode is a 4th of July story in a way, because it takes us on the journey uh, a man goes from being well, a young man. It has man-
0: nothing it- to do with 4th of July, Rick. <laughs> I'm sitting here listening going, how is he trying to connect
1: I was, these? I was desperately trying to make a transition
0: to 4th of July. It has nothing to do with 4th of July, except that you might be listening to it on the 4th of July.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it has to do That's with That's right. It. But it is an educational story about men understanding their ever-changing bodies.
0: And, you know, the story is not just for men because it helps the women in their lives to understand the delicate and important changes that their bodies
1: are going through. (laughs) That is so condescending, (laughs) honey.
0: It is. And by condescending, I mean talking down to you (laughs) in case you didn't understand.
1: Oh, okay. I played a doctor on TV, so I have some advice for women, too.
0: Yeah, and his perspective on menopause is kind of interesting, too. Excellent. We just want to warn you, this one's a little PG-13. So if you have any teenagers around, you might want to listen to this later without them, because there's nothing more embarrassing than hearing a man talk about his prostate. Mm Mm-hmm. So here it is. Hello, prostate.
1: I will probably never be invited to present a TED Talk. If I did, this would be it. It's called, Hello, Prostate, A Man's Journey to Understanding His Changing Body. I was standing at the urinal in a truck stop bathroom recently, waiting for my prostate to finally get the message that it was time to relieve my bladder of its contents when a young fellow, probably in his 20s, pulled up to the urinal beside me. Now, I say probably in his 20s because I didn't really look at him. Standard operating procedure in that situation is clear. You look straight ahead. Don't make eye contact. That protocol is so universal that many bathrooms use the space on the wall over the urinal for advertising. I don't know how many times I've walked out of a truck stop bathroom with the urge to buy a CB radio, a radar detector, and a 64-ounce fountain drink. Seconds after the 20-year-old walked up to the urinal, he released a torrent. It sounded like a fire hose. In a minute, he was done and gone. Oh, that used to be me, the fire hose of pee. But now my prostate has a mind of its own. Why does no one warn young men that this will happen someday? In fifth grade, we got the all-about-your-body talk. Our teacher separated the class. The girls went into a room with a school nurse, had a secret talk, and then came out with a brown paper bag that the boys were not allowed to go anywhere near. At the same time, the boys were taken to another room where Coach Cartwright talked to us about sex. Yes, his name was Coach Cartwright, just like Little Joe, Hoss, and Pa from Bonanza. Coach had obviously drawn the short straw in the teacher's lounge. He did not want this chore and was completely unprepared. I'm only going to say one thing to you guys. Keep it in your pants. That's it. Girls are going to be another 20 minutes, so let's go down to the gym. Play some dodgeball. Since Coach Cartwright's talk about sex offered no help in understanding the act, all the boys had their own misguided theories about how it worked. I will not bore you with them right now. Luckily, I'd grown up on a farm. I knew how baby animals were made. I had a pretty good idea how baby humans were made. Plus, my dad had already given me the talk. Of course, looking back on it, I'm sure my mom put him up to it. My dad was a strong, quiet man who didn't waste a lot of time talking, especially about intimate things. So one day, Dad and I were working on the farm. We had just moved the boar, the male hog, into the pen with all the sows, 15 of them, in fact. The timing was right because the females were all going into heat, and it was time for Mr. Lucky to get to work. As we were walking back to the barn, Dad told me about sex in one long, run-on sentence. Um, uh, Rick, you know how you, you have to put the boar with the sow so you can have baby pigs? Well, people do that too. If you got any questions, let me know. Well, let's get some work done. He clearly did not leave any space in that sentence for me to ask any questions, and I had several, like, do girls go into heat and want to breed at a certain time? And, since one boar gets 15 females, how many do I get to breed? In retrospect, those questions were probably better left unasked. Most of us, men and women, never got the information needed to prepare us for what's going to happen to us down the road. Women who have had children know that the talk you got in fifth grade gave you no hint about the roller coaster ride your body would take when you're pregnant and give birth. During pregnancy and childbirth, the man can help along the way, but she's going through it. I know I've heard men say, we're having a baby. No. No, my friend. For the last nine months, her body has been going through changes you can't even imagine. She's having the baby. Buddy, you just had sex. And if you think that ride was out of control, wait until menopause. On the menopause train, the man is an actual passenger who will sustain collateral damage along the way. It hits some women harder than others, but you're almost guaranteed hot flashes for which no fifth-grade teacher can prepare you. Oh, fellas, word to the wise, when your wife wakes up in the middle of the night with a hot flash so bad that she kicks off the covers and removes her pajamas, this is not an invitation for you to help out. She's not even sure she wants you in her bed, or the room, or even the house. Oh, she's not hot for you. She's just hot. Don't touch her. You will get burned. All right, let's go back to the prostate, shall we? Every guy has one. It's a gland about the size of a walnut located just south of the bladder in the urethra. It's a little valve that controls the flow of fluids out of your body. If that's too clinical for you, let me put it in layman's terms. The prostate has a little switch that decides what comes out of you. Pee or whoopee. When you're young, it works like a champ. Oh, you're like a bottle of champagne. The second that cork is popped, the liquid contents flow freely. When you get older, you're a little more like a bottle of vintage wine that someone has pushed the cork into. You can tip the bottle, and sometimes the wine pours out until the cork blocks the opening. Then the wine just drips out, even when there's plenty of wine left in the bottle. Oh, it keeps things interesting. Sometimes you think the bottle's empty, and then the cork moves and a little more wine spills out, usually after you've zipped up and started walking. Yes, I call this the three-step drip. Oh, quick side note, gentlemen— When you get a little older, only wear dark pants. Khakis merely highlight a little spillage by taking one drop of liquid and magnifying the problem so it looks like you have peed your pants, which technically you have. There are evasive maneuvers you can take like splashing water from the sink under the front of your pants no one will suspect you've wet yourself that badly and when you catch people looking at your problem you can even say man they need to fix that sink in the bathroom i suggest you practice that line at home make it sound believable another option is to try and use the hand dryer to evaporate the drippage depending on the height of the dryer it may take some serious acrobatics to get your crotch close enough to do any good Just be aware that if anybody walks in during this process, there's no way to look casual. If you're lucky, the guy who walks in on you will be over 50. I'm sure he'll understand. So, as we near the end of my prostate TED Talk, my advice is this. Be patient in the bathroom. No matter how slowly it's happening, give yourself another minute to confirm that you are in fact done. My buddy Gary once said that sometimes it comes out so slowly that it evaporates before it hits the toilet. (laughs) It sounds like a joke, but it's not funny.
0: I hope you enjoyed this story and that it was educational and informational for you. And please do not base any future medical decisions on the information you've learned
1: here. good Lord, no.
0: (laughs) Although he has played a doctor on TV
1: more than once. That's right. That's right. And I think that nothing celebrates our independence as a country better than a story about your prostate. Happy Fourth of July. Be safe.